Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. It's the North Shore Drive podcast here on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're joined by Brian Batko today. The Steelers lost Terrell Evans in free agency. He is going to the Philadelphia Eagles. What does that do for their draft plans? What's their top priorities? Has that changed? What are the moves could be made? We'll talk about that. And Penn State's pro day as Joey Porter Jr. was being looked at by certain members of the Steelers staff and other members weren't present. What does that mean? We'll get all of that right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm Chris Carter and Brian Batko. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As I said before, joined by Brian Batko. You can find both of our work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which you can read at post-gazette.com. You can find this show, the North Shore Drive Podcast, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Post-Gazette's all the podcasting apps. Look us up there. But also, if, you're, if you want to watch us on YouTube, like this video, subscribe to this YouTube channel and get all of our, our, our daily content that comes to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Well, this show is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. we got stuff coming out all week long. In fact, I have a mock draft video coming out with Adam Bittner on Saturday, so stay tuned for that. Brian, it was it was it was interesting news Thursday. We saw Terrell Edmonds tweet out that basically first he did the the, the salute emoji and everyone was like, "What does that mean?" And then he, we actually got an answer within like a few hours. He tweets out, "Thank you Pittsburgh." And you know, it seemed like there was no bad blood between his departure from the Steelers and free agency and then Friday early afternoon, he tweet, "Yeah, it's it's found out. He's going to the Philadelphia Eagles." One, Brian what do you think the hangup was there in bringing back Edmonds? Do you think the Steelers really wanted to, and he just uh, he just wanted more money, or how do you think that this played out as far as what what, what was going on there in free agency? Yeah, it was the rare case of a cryptic athlete tw- athlete tweet actually being, being a sign of uh, of what was to come. You know, he could have been uh, emoji saluting a lot of different things on uh, Thursday morning, but yeah, then he comes out with the the full fledged tweet that. Uh, it's basically like the Magic Johnson. I'm not going to be here next year, so um, we didn't know. I mean, it's it's also odd too that you know there was a, a good uh, 24 hours and some change in between Terrell Edmonds being like, "Yep, I'm out," and you know finding out what his next team is. So it does kind of signal to me that maybe he just didn't want to go through that again. The whole hey, go see what's out there. We'll see what's out there. We'll we'll. You know, come back to you if you're if you're still around. Maybe he did feel somewhat disrespected by that, you know. And I, I think you could you could see where he's coming from if that's the case because he has been so reliable. He's been a five year starter. He you know he didn't pick himself in the first round, so those expectations are sort of uh, you know those are more the Steelers' problem than his own. But it sure seemed like he wanted a change of scenery. Maybe he thought the writing was on the wall when they re-signed DeMonte KZ uh, a lot earlier in free agency. And yeah, I mean, as I uh, as I tweeted just a few minutes before we jumped on here, it makes a lot of sense for Edmonds to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Have, um, 
we don't have terms on that yet, right? We haven't seen any terms for his deal. One year. Yeah, so it's, a, it's another one-year kind of prove-it short-term deal for Terrell Edmonds. You know, as you know, Chris, you, you get into year six in the league, you, you start losing the opportunities at getting those long-term deals. I mean, you almost get to a point where it's it's sort of one-year deal or bust, and you better keep uh, busting your butt and playing playing well uh, to, to get people continuing to pay you, especially if it's anywhere close to starter money. But my point is it could be. Uh, the, the Eagles lost Marcus Epps and they lost uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson under mm-hmm. uh, pretty, you know, pretty controversial circumstances there with, you know, it's a business. Um, so that that wasn't uh, a great look for uh, the, the defending NFC champs. But, you know, they went a different direction. And, and now that direction is Justin Evans, whom they signed earlier this week, and Terrell Edmonds, too. So he will have a chance to start in Philly, where, of course, uh, former Steelers, Director of uh, of Pro Player Personnel Brandon Hunt uh, is is now in the Eagles front office. So obviously he has plenty of familiarity with all the Steelers players and especially Edmonds, who you know he he played a role in uh, in drafting him in the first round back in 2018. Yes, certainly uh, that's going to be very interesting to see how that how that plays out there. But what does this leave for the Steelers, Brian? Because Edmonds wasn't the turnover guy that, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick, the other guys contributing turnovers, but he filled a lot of roles. He covered running backs, tight ends, receivers, whatever you asked of him, he was there. He was really good in the box, maybe not as so good playing, you know, far deep uh, in, in coverage, but he was he was an asset to the Steelers. And I think, and one that, you know, last year came at a very cheap price, two and a half million dollars he made off the Steelers in a one-year deal. And, and again, I, I, I'm with you. I get him wanting to find somewhere that he's like, if the Steelers aren't going to commit to me long-term, I need to find someone who will, and uh, I, I think that that makes sense. But is this a is, is this a big loss for the Steelers, or do you see this as something they'll be able to recoup uh, without too much of an investment in free agency or the NFL draft? I don't consider this a, a big loss. I think you know Edmonds is he's a divisive case. Who isn't anymore in the NFL and, and with the Steelers fan base in particular? Everything seems to be divisive for some reason. So. Uh, he's no different, but you know, I look back at the the 2019 version of him. Who there, you know, there were high hopes for a guy coming off his rookie year when he was sort of unexpectedly thrown into the fire, and you know, he he struggled a lot in that second season. I never like to say a guy loses games for a team, but because there's so many plays that happen over the course of of a 60 minute football game. But he put it this way: he had some very significant mistakes uh, that that cost this team dearly. Uh, especially late in some games, thinking back on you know the Seahawks game in 2019, week two, um, his tackling was was not great at that point in in his career. You know there were a lot of a lot of whiffs and missed tackles, which you just can't have against teams like the Browns and the Ravens in your division. But what I'm getting to is, I think he cleaned up a lot of that over the last few seasons. You know the coverage was maybe a little bit slower to to come into to view, but. Um, didn't see him being as much of a liability last year, aside from, again, you know, a game or two. Think back to the Cleveland game Thursday night, uh, week three. He was exposed a couple times one on one, but that's going to happen to pretty much every NFL DB, let alone every NFL safety at some point. So, um, you know, he was okay. I, I think he, he improved. He was better than the guy that the Steelers didn't pick up his fifth year option coming off of his rookie deal. However, I think DeMonte Casey showed at times last year 
that Edmonds is replaceable, and that's exactly what they did. They go out, re-sign Casey, and now I think it's a position where they can hit it in the draft and see if they find a longer-term pairing with Minka. We'll see what the, what, the, what the plans are there in just a minute here. I want to talk about some of the draft option with Brian Batko. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the North Shore Drive podcast talking about Steelers' NFL draft plans and now impacted by a potential need at safety. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko breaking things down for you here. Brian, let's look to the NFL draft for a second here because the obvious name that a lot of Steelers fans are going to yell and yell at our screen as they're watching us right now is just draft Brian Branch, which, uh, you know, I, I get it. You know, as far as safeties go in this NFL draft class, he seems like he could be an interesting fit there. He talked about playing with Minka Fitzpatrick at the NFL Combine. Greatness uh, tends to find people named Brian B. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, an inarguable fact of life. <laughs> yes, it's inarguable totally all the brian b's that i know are pretty awesome mm-hmm. um but point being uh i mean this guy was pretty awesome for alabama a team leader he played a lot of different roles for them he could play in the slot he could play strong safety he could move around was very good at communicating and the prospect of getting a guy like that to pair with minka fitzpatrick would be enticing and then you might be right back to your situation where you could roll three safeties out in a lot of formations and feel comfortable about it but is that like a luxury with all the other Steelers needs right now? Still, you know, a lot of people look at offensive tackle. as something they have to do. A lot of people look at uh, a cornerback as something they have to do. Defensive line, linebacker. There's a lot of needs. Is safety that high in this draft class uh, a rational move that you think that would be on the part of the Steelers? Not with DeMonte KZ coming back, because even though he is a pretty slight guy, he's small, He's fiery. I, I think that they really liked what they got out of him in his, what, age? I think 29 season. He plays a lot younger than that. You know, he, he's willing to stick his nose in there against the run. And, and you saw the ball skills last year. I mean, he had a pick in his first game, finally suiting up for the Steelers after spending uh, most of the season on, on IR and, and also getting dinged for a suspension there for a few weeks. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, without him coming back, it, it would be very near the top of the list of needs for me because Miles Killebrew is, he's not that guy. He's a special teamer who can occasionally, very rarely help you out defensively if you're at the goal line or something like that. And Trey Norwood, I, I kind of think he's settled into that role as a dime uh, inside corner and can occasionally help you in a pinch as a backup safety. But I just don't know that he has the athleticism to be more than that, nice player, smart guy. You want him around, um, but it's it's not like he's ready to ascend into some sort of starting role, especially as a safety. You know, maybe he's uh, on their radar at slot corner, which they still haven't really addressed since losing Cam Sutton. But I digress. As far as safety goes, I could see it really with any pick for them starting at that second second rounder. I don't know that the value is going to match up with their needs earlier than that unless of course it would be a Brian Branch who is essentially Minka Fitzpatrick light a little bit I mean I don't know that he's as big I don't know that he has quite the athleticism as Minka but yeah you always hear about his position flexibility Um, you know he's always around the ball He, he was a really smart player that Nick Saban was willing to move him around and you know I think he's physical enough to to do all you know check all those boxes so uh, 17 
yeah, you could convince me, but it would really depend on on the rest of the board. What else is there in, in the grade that you have on some of these uh, defensive linemen and, and outside corners? But certainly, if, if somebody like that slips to 32, seems unlikely, but uh, I, I would be all over that if I were the Steelers, because I think when you're paying Minka Fitzpatrick as one of the you know, highest compensated safeties in the league, it makes a lot of sense to get a cheaper guy to play next to him and still do a, still do a good job as a starter in those two high looks. That's where I'm at, is that the Steelers, you know, you try to balance where, you're pay- where your money's going. And when yeah. you're paying another per- person a lot of money, you don't want to have to, you know, double down and paying a whole bunch of more money into that position because then it takes away from the investments that you can make into other position groups. And that's why I thought that Terrell Edmonds might have been an option for the Steelers because, uh, you know, he got a one-year deal with the Eagles. He, I, I didn't think he'd break the Steelers' bank. Uh, and if he was willing to, to take, you know, kind of moderate money, uh, for like a three-year deal, that might've been an option there, but a rookie would be an interesting option there. And like you said, maybe not in the first round, but maybe with that 49th overall pick, the 80th overall pick, uh, where, where that, where that could fall other guys, not named Brian branch that are in this draft class, Antonio Johnson, a longer, uh, a longer safety from Texas A&M, Jamie Robinson, a physical safety from, uh, from Florida state, Jordan battle and a fellow Alabama. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Uh, safety uh, with uh, with Brian Branch, um, Christopher Smith out of Georgia, Ronnie Hickman out of Ohio State, and of course Jair Brown of Penn State, who we'll talk about in a little bit here. That there's also guys if you go way down, uh, and a lot of different people talk about Brandon Hill, the pit safety. He'd be there, but he'd be a guy you draft in the much later rounds. Is this a move where you think the Steelers, if they make a move in the NFL draft, they do it with an earlier pick, or do they try to go, wait till like the later picks to, till day three? and then say, okay, we'll take a stab at a safety here because you have KZ and you have Minka Fitzpatrick. You don't necessarily need a guy who's going to plug and play right now. But with the versatility that Terrell Austin likes to roll out, that getting a guy who could be ready to plug and play and just be in a rotation could be, uh, could be a priority. Yeah, I mean, obviously it depends how it unfolds. But I think, you know, if, if you don't get one before your seventh round picks, it, at that point to me it almost might be, why bother? Uh, I think I'd rather take an upside project type at, at wide receiver or offensive tackle, or as I wrote in my Steelers mailbag today, maybe quarterback again. I know some people don't want to hear that, but I, I sort of laid out the case for uh, why it might make sense for the Steelers to go back to that well, even though the Chris Oladokun uh, era was was brief and not all that exciting. But, um, you know, I, I think yeah, if somebody like Jordan Battles there at 49, even Jair Brown, it seems like he's getting a lot of buzz from, you know, the NFL draft scouting community as being better than what what his stock was pegged at coming off of his final season at, at Penn State. And, um, you know, he's another New Jersey guy. I, I think he could fit, fit well with Minka Fitzpatrick from a personality standpoint, but also from a play standpoint, because uh, he is very willing to throw his body around. Uh, he played in, in a Penn State secondary that was always really talented. Um, you know, he played alongside Jaquan Brisker uh, for a couple years, and, and then he was 
the top dog at safety last season. So I really like uh, those two names, Battle and Brown. And I guess with Branch, it's just all pretty much all Bs at this point when you look at the 2023 safety class. But yeah, we'll we'll see uh, how it how it plays out. Again, I, I think anywhere between that second second round pick and maybe 32 if, if Branch is there. Um, but then maybe through your fourth rounder, there's a real opportunity to upgrade with some of the prospects coming out this year. But after that, I think you'd, you'd maybe be reaching to an extent. I hear you on that. Granted, you know, you can't really reach on a seventh round pick, but I just don't know that it would you know be the best utilization of resources at that point. No, I totally understand what you're getting at there. Now it brings me back to the NFL draft as a whole still. We see, you know, we've seen more teams make free agency moves. Now the Steelers have kind of settled in free agency. There's more moves that will probably come at some point. But the big moves, I believe, have been made here by, by the Steelers, uh, getting Smallow and Herbig on, on the line, Peterson in, at cornerback, Joby's back, KZ's back. Um, I'm probably missing somebody there. Uh, but point being, they've gotten their, their signings in now. Has if you're as you're looking at the Steelers draft board, what you think their draft board should look like and what their priorities should be? Have have do you see their priorities of having changed after all this time, or is it still kind of the same beat? Like, see if one of those top tackles fall. If not, go get your corner. I'd probably jump tackle up into my top tier at this point. I think uh, you know before free agency, I would have said defensive line and corner are a clear one and two. Now I've got tackle right up there because if the season started today, there's just no depth at that position. Even uh, even Trent Scott, who was the, the de facto swing tackle last year, he has signed elsewhere. He's headed to the Washington Commanders. Uh, so Hulk him out, <laughs> Trent Scott in, uh, and vice versa for the Steelers. But uh, yeah, I mean, not only do they do they need the depth, but could probably uh, you know argue that you need somebody to push the two starters, whether it's Dan Moore Jr., or Chooks Akora for three dogs for two bones might be a scenario that Mike Tomlin very much wants to see, uh, to say nothing of Omar Khan and, and Andy Weidel. So uh, that's that's what's changed it for me a little bit. Um, you know, offensive tackle moves up the list of needs, inside linebacker slightly down. Um, I'd probably still have corner and defensive tackle uh, at the top, but again, not much drop off between those two and, you know, somebody who can, who could step in as an instant a contributor, if not an impact starter from day one uh, at left or right tackle. Yeah, I'm right with you. I think tackle with the investments. That they've and, made. and obviously, Chris, interior, interior offensive line is, yeah. you don't need to do anything there. If there's like a center who you think has really dropped and you just can't pass them up. Okay, I guess. But uh, you've thrown a lot of money and a lot of investment at those interior positions. Right. And also I'd say like the, the, the money they've thrown at it has been reasonable. Like it's, they yeah. haven't broken the bank. Like the, like the, the Bengals went and paid four years, $64 million for Orlando Brown and offensive tackle. And it makes me wonder if the plan here is because the guard and center positions don't take as much money to sign in free agency, unless they're superstar players, you could sign in the interior and then draft on an offensive tackle which would make a lot of sense, keep you in a relative price, um, and you get a chance to build your own guy. Because right now, of all the Steelers' offensive linemen, um, none of them feel like the guys who could be pillar players for the next decade or something like that. They're all, they, you know, the guys that they that, are, that have been part of the team or drafted by the team, Dan Moore and Chooks for 
they're not of that ilk. You know, I think that they're good. They they they, they filled in the real as best they can. The two best offensive linemen for the Steelers last year were Mason Cole and James Daniels, and those were were free agents. But I do feel like the Steelers could really use a pillar player at offensive tackle who becomes a long term kind of just like just a flag bearer for what the Steelers offensive line is going to be and but I think you they need that foundational piece at corner and defensive line too I think I agree that's the tough thing about this draft class is that you know you want that guy for a few positions here right now and I think it's fortunate for the Steelers cornerbacks a group that's going to have a really good depth this year um defensive line I think there's going to be some I'm not I wouldn't say nearly as deep as, as corner but you know, there's some good picks there that you can get on day two still. Offensive line, I think there's some good tackles who you could get on day two of the NFL draft. But I think that they're they're beyond wanting good tackles. I think they want a guy that's going to be like the Marquise Pouncey at offense at a left or right tackle uh, for the Steelers, who kind of carries them into this next decade of rebuilding the offensive line. And it's fortunate that the Bears really wanted Chase Claypool because now they have three picks in the top fifty to go and hope that the draft board falls their way to get say a Brian Brzee in the first round Keely Ringo bees man all right well you know and I'll just say Brian Branch too in the second <laughs> and then uh you know I don't even know who who would be your uh, your offensive tackle pick it you know beyond that or how about this Chris how about a you know Broderick Jones falls to you at 17 Brian Brzee falls to you at 32 and you know Emmanuel Forbes is there at 49 uh, to, to solve your cornerback problems as well. Emmanuel Forbes would be a very interesting slot option there for the Steelers. He's a guy that really has good ball skills there. If Broderick Jones falls to 17, Brian, they need to run to the podium. I think that that guy is, I think there's a lot of people that are, that are putting him down because I think he kind of, you know, didn't, he wasn't fully polished of a player, but man, I think that he's going to be a problem in the NFL. If they can get him an offensive tackle, I think that is a, that is, that is your, that is your, you got it. Go get, go to the podium. Don't ask questions. Don't ask about trades. Just go get that guy out to your offensive line, and he can be a cornerstone piece for this offensive line moving forward. But Penn State's pro day was is Friday. We're recording this Friday, and um, someone's probably running the forty right now as we speak at their pro day. Right, Joey Porter Jr. isn't though. Well, I want to talk about uh, talk about who's there, both as far as Penn State prospects that that, that could be interest to Steelers and which Steelers staff members attended and what it says about the plans there moving forward. We'll talk about that right here on the North Shore Drive podcast in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Connor and Brian Batko, we'll be right back. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Brian Batko, breaking things down. Let's talk about Penn State's pro day right now, uh, Brian, because uh, there's a lot of eyes on this one because everyone who's anyone, it's always just been said. The Steelers are just taking Joey Porter Jr., just get over it. It's going to happen. They pick family all the time, and it's just an obvious pick. He's a top cornerback, which meet, and it meets a need. It all adds up. Joey Porter Jr. didn't run at, the comp, run at the pro day. Well, because he ran well at the combine, and I think that, but – it, the, the pictures could be seen at Penn State's Pro Day of him talking with Terrell Austin for a while, as well as G, Jair Brown, the safety that, 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 the Penn, that Penn State's sending to the NFL draft right, right this year. But you look at the at that situation, Terrell Austin's talking to him, you don't see Mike Tomlin there, and you don't see Omar Khan there. And one of the things that's often been said is that 
the Steelers, when they when they're picking guys in the first round, their top brass usually goes to visit the schools where they think they're going to get their first round pick from. Is this a sign that Joey Porter Jr. isn't actually the move, or are we are we are we people do people make too much of the, of that of that concept? I think there's there's something to that, but if there were ever a year where an exception would be made, um, you know, I it's not hard for me to envision. Mike Tallman walking into the Steelers media room that Thursday night of the draft after taking Joey Porter Jr. And, you know, somebody asking about, hey, you weren't at his pro day. And he'd be like, man, I've known since I've known that dude since he was in diapers, you know. So I, I don't know that that's a huge deal. I raise a little bit of an eyebrow at it. But what I keep in mind, Chris, is, you know, NFL owners meetings are coming up. Tomlin's going to be there uh, this upcoming week. These guys have been on the road all week at pro days, they've got families still. Um, you know, it's, it's a time of the year that obviously they grind and they put in a lot of hours, but, um, you know, you, you still have obligations back at home. Maybe it just didn't work out from a travel uh, standpoint. And again, um, you know, they don't need to probably learn or know any more about the son of, uh, you know, of one of the great players in the organization's history. And, and, you know, Terrell Austin being there makes sense though, because I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he coached with Joey Porter uh, Sr. in Pittsburgh. I think he came in the following year. Yeah, I think he came in the following year uh, as that senior defensive assistant and secondary coach. I believe his first season was 19, and uh, and Joey Porter's last season was 18. I'm just using my own knowledge of when I started on the beat to, to kind of help me out with that on the fly. So he is maybe getting to know a player that, he isn't as uh, intimately familiar with uh, because of the, you know, the circumstances there with family and in the organization and, and coaching connections and ties. So, and obviously that would be who's, uh, you know, working a lot with him as the Steelers defensive coordinator. So uh, they still sent some heavy hitters, even if it isn't the brass that we've come become accustomed to seeing right there at the bench press, right there at the position drills. And as you noted, you know, obviously this isn't a huge day, for Joey Porter Jr., he you know he got his pitch and knocked it out of the park out in Indy. I agree, and you know I think that that's one thing is that the Steelers, like you said, Mike Tomlin knows Joey Porter Jr. Literally, you know, watched him grow up um, in Pitts in Pittsburgh. You know, went to his high school games, like like all of that, all that's on record. But you know, Terrell Austin, Terrell Austin, I think he's been crafting, and you and I have talked about this. He's crafting a defense that you know favors the secondary being turnover creators, and Joey Porter Jr not exactly known as a turnover creator at Penn State. And it makes you wonder, is that a good fit for what the Steelers are trying to do there? Um, but still, you know, as an athlete, you got to go there. You got to you gotta make the talk happen. You got to see you know, how that plays out there. Um, but as far as other guys, Jair Brown, he's a box safety for Penn State. He'd be more of a, an early day three type of pick, maybe with the 120th pick in the NFL draft. Is that I think he might go higher than that, Chris. I, I, think he could, I think he could go on day two. I do. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Because we've, I mean, we spent the last segment talking about how this class is not exactly rife with safeties ready to play. So uh, if if teams look around the league and decide they, you know, they're they're going to be missing out on uh, on some guys at that position where they need to fill it, then yeah, I I can see him going in the second or third round. I mean, it, certainly, I think he's he's put together some really good tape that that, that can support like, hey, I can I can fill this different roles. Um, I just look at, you know, when I start stacking up people against people against each other as, as far as the safety group goes, I think that he could be, I think he could end up being the guy that kind of fills out and goes to that spot. But 
you know, we've been surprised before. Uh, you know, in fact, a lot of people thought that Terrell Edmonds was a third round pick, not a first right. round pick. And uh, believe me, we haven't heard a shortage of that uh, being said. In not that that's the greatest precedent for Jair Brown, but <laughs> it's, it's, and that's and I'm not limiting Jair Brown to to that to that prediction there. But I mean, if if the Steelers are able to get him, that'd be an interesting ad, ad there as far as um you know as far as far as other other you know other other positions that they could be targeting. Um, but you know, I also think it's going to be really, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if the Steelers, if the Steelers start looking around and the other guys that they could get, um, you know, from, from di- at different positions there, because we've talked about safety, we've talked about defensive line, we've talked about corner, um, but you know, tight end is a position that they could still attack at. They have it. I, I think the tight end, there's some really good tight ends at the top of this class where if they were able to get one of those guys in the second and third rounds, they could get a potential starter to work with Pat Frymuth and run a lot more 12 personnel, but Penn State has Brenton Strange, another guy that would be there, a 6'3", tight end, who you know also could be like an early day three pick. Yeah, I was going to mention Brenton Strange. As long as uh, Big Blue, Zach Gentry, is still out there on the market, that is another position that the Steelers have to consider uh, what they want to do because as much as I like Connor Hayward, you kind of said it right there, Chris. I don't know that you're putting him in line and you know, running that twelve personnel with him and and Fryer move, maybe, maybe you can. But uh, I think clearly that the type of player that Zach Gentry is, that's how the Steelers need to complement their offense and specifically Fryer in their in their tight end core. So whether it's Gentry himself or a rookie coming in here, uh, you you probably want a bigger bodied guy who can stay in home and block, who can uh, do the dirty work, and the Steelers. Have, you know, Mike Tomlin's always kind of valued that type of player, whether it was Jesse James, Matt Spath back in the day. Um, so I, I think there's there's certainly something to be said for tight end maybe being a sneaky position for the Steelers. I don't know that they would do anything before day three. That that might not be the best use of uh, of your draft capital. But yeah, Brenton Strange being out there in State College, maybe, maybe that's uh, they could do an all Nittany Lions t- tight end room other than Connor Hayward, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's on the radar. I think other potential late-round guys would be P.J. Mustafer as an interior lineman if they strike out earlier in the draft, although they haven't had great success finding defensive tackles late. You know, Carlos Davis didn't pan out. Isaiah Bugs didn't pan out here. Um, he's, he's now on his second contract with the Lions, which is kind of surprising, but good for him. You know, even guys like Josh Frazier, you know, there's never really – anything there but uh, and then the last name I'll, I'll mention from Penn State um, well I guess, I guess it's two names because they're both receivers Parker Washington and and Mitchell Tinsley I think Washington will be a middle round guy but Tinsley could be you know a late round uh, ad and maybe the Steelers can work their magic again finding a receiver in the seventh who knows they do they could use more depth at wide receiver and I I, I for one have just been a person who thinks that the Steelers if you think that you're getting the home run receiver, sure, pick it. But I think they got plenty of other needs uh, on this roster right now that can support Kenny Pickett and support this defense yeah. that I think would take priority over an extra wide receiver to add to this offense. But we'll see you said pick it twice. I did say pick it twice. Uh, <laughs> but uh, point being, I, I think that the Steelers, they, there's still a lot of doors open for them to go in this NFL draft class. We'll keep you updated with all of them, as well as our insights here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, where you could, where you could read all of our work at post-gazette.com. And you can find this show, the North Shore Drive podcast, on all of our podcasting apps, as well as on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Brian, 
You got anything lined up that people need to know about as far as something that you're working on? Well, my Steelers mailbag dropped Friday morning. I mentioned that earlier in the show. So as always, give that a read. We'll be chatting Steelers Monday on the Post-Gazette website. I think Ray Fittipaldo's got another iteration of his mock draft coming out next week. Yes, yes, always exciting. But uh, but other than that, no, we're just uh, continuing to see what uh, what might happen here in free agency or maybe it's, it's going to slow down for the Steelers for a while as it usually does. Uh, late March and, and into April. Getting close, getting closer to the draft, Chris. It's uh, it's speculation season in full swing. It absolutely is. We'll keep you updated with all the speculations and all the things that are going on right here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Again, your host, Chris Carter. Thanks again, Brian, for joining us. Thank you, dear listeners and viewers, for checking us out. Check us out Monday. We'll be back talking things. Who knows? Maybe we're going over with Ray Fittipato and his mock draft that's coming up. We'll keep you updated with all things Pittsburgh sports right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specrite para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.